as we continue to listen to Mr. Peter Wackerk's story, we are going to learn that he too wanted to take his own life. This podcast may not give us all the answers, but it introduces us to the one that has the answers, and the one thing we cannot give up, and that is hope. The hope we have is not dead. We are born again to a living hope. That's not hope of chance of whether or not it will rain. It's hope in our Savior and who He is. He is many things, but one thing for sure that we know is that He is alive. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to Mr. Peter Wakaik as he gives advice to one who may be thinking about taking his life today. I'll begin by saying three words. Mm. There is hope. Mm. In my situation, I, I brought it upon my, myself. My depression was my own making because mm. of the sin in my life. Mm. And you begin to experience two things. The devil on one hand wants to condemn you. Mm. Uh, there were things in my life that the devil was trying to tell me in my mind you call yourself a Christian and you do this, you're worthless. You're just taking up space on this planet. You don't even deserve to live. You're no good. He wants to condemn us and destroy us. The other hand, God, our loving God is there convicting of us, us of our sin, not condemning, but convicting with the intention of bringing us back, mm. bringing us to repentance, bringing us to fellowship with mm. Him. Mm. And so I had been listening to the wrong voice, mm. that condemning voice, telling me there's no hope for you. Mm. There's no hope. While God was there with His arms wide open mm. saying, Son, come to me. Mm. Come home to me. There is hope. Mm. Jesus Christ, your Savior, is your living hope. Mm. Uh, I have a plan for you. I have a future for you. Mm. So if you're thinking about taking your life, no way. Mm. Don't do it. You're listening to the wrong voice. Mm. The devil is trying to destroy you. Mm. Listen to your loving Father and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned the word living hope. The hope that he provides from his word mm-hmm. is not dead. It's no. alive. It's living Amen. It's living Amen. Well, please go ahead and share with us. How do you end up serving God in Nigeria? You're just getting to the part of the story where God has now brought you to the Bible Institute. And I just cannot wait to see how does God move your heart towards being a missionary in Africa? How? Just tell us about that. Actually, I got a little ahead of myself. I have to back up. Mm. We, we were living in Florida. Mm. I was still a, a painting contractor. Mm. And the Lord was working in our hearts again about being missionaries. Mm. And Betty and I began to pray about it and, and say, well, where, who, what? Mm. You know, okay, we'll, we'll be missionaries, but it's a big world. Mm. So we were on our way to... Uh, prayer meeting and uh, we met one of our our friends and we were just sharing with him a little bit before the service started about what was happening and he said well you know our church is involved in and he wrote down on a piece of paper 
six different things that our church was involved in. One of those things was the word Fulani. Never heard of that word before. I didn't know, is that like a vegetable, a zucchini? <laughs> uh, it or uh, is it a mineral, you know, like iron ore? Or I had no idea what is Fulani. Well, this, you know that I'm old. You can see me in my gray hair. This was yeah. in the days before computers and mm. internet. Well, you couldn't uh, find the meaning where Google. Right? I, yeah. Yes, I, I had World Book Encyclopedia. <laughs> uh, and so I found the, the, the volume with the F and I looked up Fulani. Oh, a nomadic Muslim cattle herding people group mm. in West and Central Africa. Mm. Oh, hmm. Well, that seemed to be resonating with us. We began to pray about that. Mm. And lo and behold, the next Sunday, there was a missionary speaking in our church, giving mm. a, uh, an update. He was from Cameroon, West Africa, mm. and he was working with Fulani people. Fulani people. Oh, oh, well, after the church service was over, we ran directly to him, invited him for for lunch at our home, and we're asking him full of questions. Mm. We soon began to realize the Lord was pointing us in the direction of the Fulani. Mm. So this was six weeks later. Mm. Again, we're going into a Wednesday evening prayer meeting and we meet our same friend who was on the missions committee mm. and said, his name was Stefan. We said, Stefan, Stefan, we want to tell you what the Lord is doing. Mm. We, we believe we know what God wants us to do. Mm. He said, hey, just hold that. The missions committee is having a meeting after prayer meeting tonight mm. up in the boardroom, you know, in the big conference table. Okay, why don't you come and share your heart? Mm. So we did. And I shared with that committee that we believe God was leading us to reach the Fulani people mm. with the gospel. You should have seen their reaction. There was 15 members, it was a large church, so a big missions committee. Mm. They all began looking around at each other and whispering to each other. And I said to my wife, Betty, start backing up towards the door. I think I said something back. Uh, and finally, the, the missions committee chairman says, oh, pardon our reaction. They said, you don't know this. No one else in our congregation knows this. Only the 15 members of this committee. Six weeks ago, we began to pray that God would raise up someone from our own congregation to go and bring the gospel to the Fulani people. people. Mm. And here you are on this very day mm. telling us God has touched your heart to do that very mm. thing. Wow. What a great confirmation for Betty and I mm. that mm. we weren't going crazy. Uh, <laughs> this was in fact mm. God's plan. Mm. Because you know, I, I had friends that were telling me, uh, you know, you're aged 40, you're, you're going through a midlife crisis. Uh, don't make such rash decisions. You have a good business, you have a, a good, a big house and nice cars and maybe go and buy a Corvette car or a Mercedes car and, and you'll get over this craziness. 
But no, we knew that was God's plan for our life. At age 40. At age 40. So at age 40, we sold a business, we sold everything, and we moved up to go to Bible school. At age 40, to go to school again with <laughs> your own daughter in the same class, oh age 17 years. Oh my goodness. And it was the two of the greatest years of our lives. Mm. Studying God's Word, learning so much. Mm. But you know, we learned also so much more outside of the classroom. Mm. The Lord was building our faith mm. because He knew it would take faith and trust in Him mm. to face the situations we would face mm. in Nigeria. Now that you talk about the situation you face in Nigeria, we've had almost your whole life as a child with your friend uh, passing away and you being disappointed with God and getting into alcohol and as a teenager becoming alcoholic and then uh, becoming a Christian and God um, allowing you to be saved by His grace in Christ alone. Yeah. Growing up, being married, threatening your life, threatening your wife mm -hmm. with the same gun. The gun doesn't work. You point it away from you, it works. You point the smoking barrel in your mouth and God saves you. And they're just giving us advice concerning someone what to take their lives. And now God is calling you to the flood report at the age of 40. I, I just cannot wait to see what exactly happens now that you're in Nigeria. What happens in Nigeria? Could you just share with us one or two or three miracles of, of course there's a miracle of His saving grace and seeing people come to Christ in Nigeria. Could you just tell us about what God is doing at this point in your life in Nigeria? Ladies and gentlemen, there's more to Mr. Peter Wakai's story. What part of his story encourages you most so far? Share with us in the comments below. Like I said, there's more coming up next week. I'll ask you to pray for God to bring us more friends to support the ministry of Word of Life in Rwanda. I'm currently meeting people and just sharing the vision of what God can do considering all that He has done. Just pray that these meetings will be fruitful. If you'd like to support the ministry of Word of Life in Rwanda, send me a note to my email davidtubidye at wol.org. That is davidtubidye at wol.org. Hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.